Well, good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to this week's edition of The Chris Carpenter Show. Hope everybody had a great week and had a great weekend as well. It's finally starting to get warm, um, although it was kind of a little, it was a little cold last night. Um, I think we got down to like the 30s and my neck of the woods, but you know, weather-wise looking great. It's not too hot just yet. We know probably a month from now we'll start getting those 100-degree days again, which will be rough, but uh Great weather, great week, great weekend. Um, we're going to talk some sports. We're going to talk uh, the Tech Baseball Series, uh, the two series that they had this week against Stanford and Oklahoma. Talk some Tech basketball news. We've had uh, good news and bad news with the transfer portal. And then just kind of my uh, thoughts overall on some of the some of the McCaslin chatter. Um, yeah, I'm going to address the Twitter bozos again. Um but that's okay. And then a little bit of football, not a whole lot. And we'll talk a little bit of Pac-12 because I think the beginning of the end is about to happen um, as soon as tomorrow for the Pac-12. So that's going to be fun. Anyway, so let's jump right into it with baseball. So Tech um, had a overall, I would say, a pretty great week of baseball. They end up – they split against Stanford on Monday and Tuesday – um, first of all, let me, let me just go ahead and this, this is going to be, I'm going to talk more about PAC 12 again, but man, what terrible, terrible production quality, um, you had to deal with if you were watching that game. First of all, I couldn't watch the game on Monday. Um, it was on the PAC 12 network and well, no one has that channel. The second game, uh, was PAC 12 insider on Tuesday and fortunately, I was able to get it. It was on like the Roku channel on their live feed and might be where all Pac-12 sports might be headed the way the way it's looking. Um, but anyway, and I mean, just horrible production quality. First of all, it's not that difficult to have your scoreboard bug, have something where you can have who's on what base or if anybody's on base or anything like that. We didn't have that. The camera, I mean, I think it literally felt like there was one camera and it was just, it would follow the ball. And so every single play, you just felt like you were missing, like you were, you were kind of just in delay of, Oh, what's happening. What's happening. And so it was horrible production quality, bottom line, but uh, Texas tech worked through it. They end up uh, getting a split with Stanford, which pretty important, because you needed to, you needed to at least get a split to improve your RPI um, situation. Would have loved to have loved for them and gotten the the win on Monday, but didn't. But you came back real strong and got the win on Tuesday, and so you split with Stanford. Obviously, that's a huge um, thing for your RPI. And and you know we are we are in mid April now, and it is time to start thinking about uh, the RPI situation and uh, what what direction that's going to go. And so obviously that was, that was good. Um, you then come back this weekend, you're in Norman. Um, and again, I'm going to, I'm going to be critical of their production quality too. I mean, I know Oklahoma barely has working electricity half the time, but you know, you're on ESPN plus tech is on ESPN plus and the production quality is, I mean, it was 10 times better. And then don't even get me started on the broadcasters. Uh, they were, I mean, it was like, do I really want to listen to a three-hour infomercial on the greatness of Oklahoma University? <laughs> but anyway, we we worked through 
all of that. And we survived all of that, all that shenanigans and, and things like that to, to get ourselves to, to uh, end up tech with a two to one series win. And Tadlock decided to do a little bit of a change with the pitching starts. Uh, Molina, who has been your Saturday starter, he's your number one by far. Um, he was moved up to starting on Friday. Um, you ended up having Trendon Parrish start Saturday. And then today, I believe it was Jacob Rogers um, who started on Sunday. I think you can. I think you could say that the experiment worked well. Worked out well. Um, Tech was able to get the win Friday night. Saturday they were able to get get the win as well. Uh, you know, today it just wasn't really working working too out too well. Um, I will I'll talk about in just a minute. One thing about today that I was really happy to see, but I want to kind of back up and go uh, talk a little bit about Friday's game. Um, Friday's game. Uh, first of all, the umpires were terrible all week, and this Moser fool. I mean, he's he but he's got to be from Oklahoma. He's that bad of an umpire. Um, but you know, he he called. He ended up calling you know Gage Harrelson out on a pitch clock violation, even though Gage Harrelson was in the batter's box, and. You know, it, you know it's bad when Tim Tadlock gets bad and he's, you know, screaming at you, yelling at you. And so it really, I mean, it nearly cost Tech the game on Friday. Oklahoma ends up tying it up and, and we end up going to extra innings. And then uh, Tech made him pay with uh, by uh, proceeding to score six runs in the top of the 10th, including a grand slam to get the victory on Friday. Uh, Saturday, you end up winning nine to five um, pretty easily overall. Um, you know, today was was a little rough. Um, you know, just Oklahoma was. I mean, they were they were hitting. You were walking. You were struggling. I don't know how many pitchers you ended up using, but a ton. And then your your batters couldn't get going, and that's. I mean, it's it's a formula for for losing. You end up getting a, a ten run ruled um, on Sunday. I will say this: I was really happy at the very end. And I know it. It, there, it didn't end well necessarily, but I was really happy that um, we were able to see Bo Blessy get some pitching time in. And, you know, really first two outs looks great. And then, you know, he walked, walked a guy and then gave up the home run. But I, I really um, – I think it's – if you can get something out of him and, I mean, I don't necessarily think you're going to see him be a starter again this year – and well, and I think he's a senior anyway, so he's not coming back next year. But I don't. Um, so you're not going to see him be a starter. But I think if you can get some quality innings out of him, that's a good thing. That's going to be uh, certainly, I think, a cherry on top for this team in the postseason. And so that was really good to see him. Yeah, you know, you don't win today, but um, you still win the series, which is important. Um, it's going to be interesting to see. RPI wise, what that does to you. I think you were in the mid thirties going into today. Um, you're not in a position right now where you're going to be hosting. And so right now what you're fighting for is you're fighting for to be a two seed. Now is, is hosting completely out the window? No, because you know, if you look at the big 12 standings right now, you know, first through sixth place, there's like a game separating these teams. And so, you know, again, Texas tech, the schedule um, does favor you to hopefully go on some runs and maybe get, get some elusive sweeps. Um, you've got Baylor next weekend. 
you I think you can sweep them. I mean, they did they didn't uh you know, they ended up getting a game uh from UT this weekend and you know, Baylor's been able to get at least one game I think most weekends in the Big 12. But again, you're you're at Danlaw Field next weekend. I I think you you've got a really solid shot of of getting a sweep and that would be huge. Uh you get a sweep there and you've still got Kansas State and Kansas on the schedule. Um you know, West Virginia is going to be an interesting series. Just because I think you know they're they're kind of one of those teams that's going to be fighting for uh, possibly postseason and getting themselves in. Plus, um, you're gonna you're you're gonna see uh, you know it's gonna be in Morgantown, which you know that's that's been an off and on struggle at times for Tech. But you know having having said all that, you still have an opportunity to win the Big Twelve. Yeah, you're gonna have to get some sweeps and starting next weekend against Baylor, but. It's there, and I think if you do win the Big 12, I think you will at least host in the regional. Now, probably won't be uh, uh, in a top top eight seed, but you know you host in the regional, and then things can happen in regionals, and you could end up hosting again in the super regional. But that's kind of where you're at postseason wise. Um, you've got a game this weekend, or this weekend, excuse me. You've got a game Tuesday against Grand Canyon. You know, last year you went to Grand Canyon. You ended up uh, getting swept by them. It was pretty uh, devastating for your RPI, not because Grand Canyon is a bad team, but because, you know, you really needed some aid in that RPI to hopefully get yourselves in a position to possibly host, possibly be a two seed. I think, again, this is a, it, for all intents and purposes, it's a must win on Tuesday if you want to continue to kind of stay in that two seed line. And if you, um, you know, if you even want to have a little bit of a shot at at hosting, um, it will certainly boost your RPI to play a team like Grand Canyon on Tuesday. And then going in, in fact, Grand Canyon, honestly, better team than Baylor. And so that's going to be something to kind of uh, bear watching um, this week. So I think bottom line, you know, this team is kind of where most Tim Tadlock teams are. I think they, they're they're coming on strong. Uh, going into April and May, the pitching is is still, I think, a big question mark. Um, you know, Mason Molina is your ace, and he, you know, he typically has pitched well. I think the question marks um, ha- has been certainly the when you had the Friday starter now Saturday starter. Um, you know, you want to you want to hope you can get some quality innings with uh, you know Trenton Parrish and. Um, you know, Gurton maybe have a little bit of like the like the Dusek uh, Shetter Ryan Shetter thing you had uh, a couple years ago. Maybe those two guys can kind of pair off and be a combo on on game. And then you know Sunday, it, it's that's what's going to be interesting. Sunday's just going to I think ha- going to have to be a you know throw throw every kitchen sink pitcher that you can, and you hope that you know that you can get maybe a couple innings from Bo Blessy. That would be awesome. Um, and I think if you do that, then, you know, you're, you're in a, in a better situation than you would, you know, you were, um, you know, even a month ago. So it, the hitting's there. It's just everything else has got to come. The pitching's got to, got to be a little bit better. And, and I think you can hopefully get yourself in a position to maybe go on a postseason run. A lot of that will, of course, depend on, you know, you matchups. You know, I felt like last year you matched up really well against Notre Dame. And, um, you know, you had a shot, and, um, but Notre Dame was just a little bit of a better team last year in that regional. But, you know, 
you've got you've got about a month left in the season to kind of get right and get ready for the postseason. One thing that I think that Tim Tadlock has always been good at doing is he he really plans it for his team to peak in in end of April, going into May, going into June. And I think we're seeing that from this team again. And hopefully it's going to translate into some postseason success. So let's switch gears and let's talk basketball. Uh, you did have uh, quite a bit of movement this week on basketball. You you had the announcement of two of the assistants from North Texas plus the strength and conditioning coach from North Texas are coming over, uh, joining the staff at Texas Tech. Um, you still need to hire one more assistant coach um, to complete this staff. <clears throat> and there's been all sorts of rumors who that may or may not be. Um, that's going to certainly, I think, bear bear watching. Um, I'm not very – I'll be honest. I'm not really that keen on let's just bring all of North Texas over to uh, Texas Tech to a Power 5 conference. Uh, we saw that with Matt Wells. Um, and, and I'm really I – hate, I hate to be comparing – this situation to Matt Wells because I do think uh, McCaslin has had a lot more success um, at North Texas than Matt Wells did at Utah State before he got the job. But that, I think that was something that, that that was a big mistake that Wells made when he came to Tech is he brought his whole staff from Utah State uh, versus bringing some people with some Big 12 experience. Now, there is a huge difference. McCaslin has Big 12 experience. You know, McCaslin was an assistant at Baylor under Scott Drew. And so I, I, at this point, I'm, gonna, I'm going to trust McCaslin and, you know, hope, hope for the best here. You did have some movement on players, um, both Jennings and Pop Isaacs. Uh, Jennings was in the portal. He is now out of the portal. And uh, Pop Isaacs never entered the portal, but both of them – have announced that they are coming back for this season. So obviously very good news. Um, you know, Pop Isaacs was was definitely the number one guy that I wanted um, to come back next year. I thought you saw certainly a lot of greatness from him this year. And, you know, he got hurt. And then there was just a bunch of issues that I think, you, you know, you surround him with some, some you know, better player. Well, I don't even want to say better players, but you surround him with players that complement his game more. I think you could uh, see some special things from him in his sophomore year. Um, we did get some bad news. Well, um, I'm going to say it's bad news. Could be good news depending on what happens. Um, you know, Jalen Tyson reports are he is going to be in the transfer portal. Um, again, you know, as we saw with Jennings and as we've seen with other players, you know, he can come out of the transfer portal and return. Um, from reports that I've read, it sounds like he had a conversation with co the coaches and then that, that spurred his decision. That tends to tell me that he probably won't come back. And it's disappointing. I thought, you know, J Jalen Tyson – um, was a guy that really came on strong this year. Um, you know, he was somebody that, you know, Beard had, he followed Beard to Texas and then realized that wasn't a good fit for him and then came back, you know, sat the bench last year and then was able to uh, obviously play this year. Um, so very disappointing. Um, not, I'm certainly not disappointed in him, quote unquote. 
you know, I do wish him the best. And, you know, this is the world we live in with the transfer portal and NIL. You know, players certainly have every right to leave and, and, and see if there is a, a better fit for them. Um, we'll see what happens. But kind of the, the way I lean, he probably doesn't come back just because, um, you know, the, the way the report was stated, it, it, this was – this all went down after he had had a conversation with the coaching staff. So I don't want I don't want to like put words in McCaslin's mouth, but I can infer that that probably portends that Tyson's not coming back. So we'll see what happens, though. Um, you know, again, I've already seen Tech fans kind of panic about the McCaslin hire. You know, wondering well, well, there's nobody coming out of the transfer portal you know, as far as players from other places, you know, again, it, it's still early. Um, you know, you didn't get players like Bryson Williams and Kevin O'Banner till June or July. And so I think you, you want to, you want to not just, you don't want to just bring people out of the portal just to bring people out of the portal. You want to bring in people that are going to fit, um, your, the system that, McCaslin is trying to run and that's going to fit you know the the culture and team that they're trying to trying to put together here and so um we'll just kind of have to keep an eye and stay tuned there's been multiple you know sources um as far as different players listing Texas Tech as as being you know one of their choices and so I think you know certainly there there's going to Texas Tech's going to draw plenty of interest you know now it's just a matter of you know are, are you getting players that really are best fits you know for this program so um let's switch gears and we're going to talk a little bit about football so uh spring games coming up next saturday uh, if you're in the lubbock area definitely uh you know head out there it's actually it's actually going to be at lowry field this year because of the uh texas the jones uh, stadium renovations which i'm going to talk more about in just a minute, um, I don't know if you can. I don't know if there's much to tell from a spring game, and I mean, just it'll just be fun to get out there watch some football. Um, you know, I don't necessarily think that. Oh, you know, if Tech has a successful spring game, that equals oh they're going to have a great season. I just you know, I, I don't I don't necessarily believe that, but um, you know, seems like things going very well um, as far as spring practices for this football team, and you know, there's doesn't seem to be a lot of drama um, right now. Now, could you have people enter the transfer portal after spring practices? Yeah, absolutely. Um, we'll see if that happens. I hope it doesn't, um, especially I think on the quarterback end of things. I think you've got a really good situation with both uh, Tyler Shuck and uh, Baron Morton being there, and then you've got the um, – and I, you know, I remember saying his name multiple times last year, but you've got the, the uh, guy from uh, Justin Northwest that is, uh, you know, coming out. So I, I think you've got a good situation and hopefully you can kind of keep that intact um, moving forward. So um, a lot of news this week on the Jones uh, renovations. First of all, the, uh, the Jones is getting brand new turf and it, it does feel at first I was like man it seems like only yesterday they replaced that turf uh last time they replaced it I still had season tickets to uh tech games so it was 2017 so you're talking six years um since you had the field turf and you know when you live around here with the summer heat that we have yeah you know you typically 
you're you're having to replace the turf more frequently than in other places. I would love for this to be an opportunity for Tech to go back to the old school a double T look. Um, I don't think it's going to happen because I think that would that would also require a rebrand um, in most of your uh, you know oh not most of but in all of your other uh, major sports and. There might not be a you know a taste to do that. You know, have to put new you know new court down, new turf down on baseball, things like that. But I, I wish they would because the the flat uh, the level the bevel the flat double T, it to me it is it is so much better than the three D double T. It just the, it pops. It's got a great look to it. Um, be awesome to see, but. I, you know, that'd be an awesome surprise. Hey, my birthday's coming up in a couple weeks, uh, Kirby Hocut, and it's kind of a big one, I'll just say. So that'd be kind of a cool birthday present for me, Kirby. So <laughs> the other big news is Tech's going to be getting some LED lights uh, for the football stadium. I think what everybody is hoping that might mean is we might get to see kind of some of the light show type stuff that you see like at University of Tennessee or um, other schools. That'd be awesome. Uh, we'll see what happens. Um, the other funny story this week was the announcement that the visiting teams uh, this upcoming football season are going to be dressing in trailers. So Oklahoma State, you'll be right at home. Oklahoma, you would have been right at home. But too bad you're not coming. Actually, And actually, Oklahoma State's not coming this year. So that's a shame. I mean, they would have been right at home in the trailers. Uh, <laughs> I think it's hilarious. Um, I would love for them to keep it that way, just to give a little bit more of a home field advantage. They won't, um, but um, so I just I just kind of find that whole story really funny um, overall. So, um, other football news this week. I don't think there's been any other big. You know, Joey McGuire has been at some sort of Texas High School Coaches Association conference, which is always good. Um, and I, you know, again, I think that's you know, one of the key reasons why McGuire, uh, Joey McGuire was hired in the first place is, you know, really to rebuild and restore those relationships that, quite frankly, you know, the last several coaches didn't have with these um, high school football coaches. And and so that's, I think that's really cool uh, to see. Um, there has, I don't think there was other, any other big news football-wise this week. Um no, there really wasn't. So let's kind of end with hodgepodge, hodgepodge stuff. Um, Pac-12, I think tomorrow is going to be a very interesting day in the Pac-12. Um, Colorado's Board of Regents is having a meeting, and most people believe that he is, uh, that they are going to have some sort of conversation about conference affiliation and there, this might even be the beginning of the push by the Colorado Board of Regents to officially apply to become a Big 12 member. Now, they, they cannot officially leave tomorrow. There has to be that all of that has to be public vote and things like that. But um, certainly th that's what's going to be interesting to see is, number one, will details uh, kind of come out from this meeting tomorrow to indicate that that's the direction that Colorado is heading in? It doesn't surprise me that Colorado is the first one to make the move because I think what Colorado certainly probably believes is 
that the Big 12, there, there are other more, I don't know, well, I won't necessarily say more desirable, but there are other programs within the Pac-12 that probably are more, that top the list more so than um, Colorado. I think certainly Arizona, Arizona State probably um, are a little bit more appealing than Colorado. You know, Utah, I think at one point would have been, but Utah, um, which I, I cannot wait for Utah to be left out in the cold because their fans, since all of this Pac-12, USC, UCLA leaving, and then the potential of these teams joining the Big 12 um, became became a, a discussion point. Utah has literally acted like they're, you know, on level with, you know, Georgia and Alabama and Michigan and Ohio State, you know, just because they've gone to a couple of Rose Bowls the last few years. And so um, I, I, I hope they go to the WAC, honestly. I just hope they are completely left out in the cold, which I think that's what's going to end up happening because I don't necessarily think the Big 12 is going to take four teams – in this, um, in this uh, realignment, because I think Brett, I think Brett Yormark is extremely smart and understands that you don't necessarily um, need to take all four teams, but also there's going to be, I think, a potential in within a few years for you to take some teams out on the East Coast because the ACC is going to be the next target to be rated, um, certainly I think by the SEC and even by the Big Ten, and the leftover ACC schools, there are going to be some desirable um, teams that you could, that you you can, you know, gobble up there. Um, You know, Pittsburgh, certainly I think Louisville, would be a desirable, you know, possibly like a Virginia, Virginia Tech. If one of the Florida schools, if our, well, if Miami gets left out, I think Florida State's definitely going to the SEC. Uh, certainly, those would be some appealing schools. So, I think you know you can you can take two teams just right now from the Pac-12, and then what that will allow you to do is television wise, then that allows you basically to have games from morning to prime to late night all in the big 12 and so i think you know colorado becomes the first to leave and then once colorado leaves then i think very quickly you see arizona following suit arizona probably in the best position of those four corner schools because you know because of basketball they are appealing and because of brett yormark's desire to spin off the basketball television deal, um, Arizona's, you know, your biggest prize um, from those Pac-12 schools. And so, you know, so I think what happens is Colorado makes the decision to leave and then very quickly and, and, you know, don't, don't look, don't be foolish to think Arizona, I think certainly is, is having conversations with the big 12. I think Arizona state may or may not, I, I don't know. Arizona state's very hard to read, um, they're one, they, they are just a little bit, a step below Utah as far as, um, being extremely full of themselves and thinking that they're, they're too good to be in the, um, big 12, which they, they may get themselves, they may not be in the big 12. And, um, you know, I, I think Arizona, unlike, you know, I think what, what's been proven in these realignments is, you know, the two big state schools don't have to stick together. You know, we saw that with Oklahoma and Oklahoma State. I think we're certainly going to see that with Washington 
and Oregon leaving their Oregon State, Washington State brethren behind to bolt for the Big Ten. And so I think you see Colorado and Arizona join the um, the Big 12, which will get that will get you to 14 teams post uh, the Texas. Well, yeah, I would get you to 14 teams because te- they these two teams aren't going to be in the conference this year. And so Texas and Oklahoma leave. You bring in these two teams, and you know again, you're you're not you're not on the level of SEC in the Big Ten, and I don't think you're going to get there right now. Um, you you know, and part of that is you've not had a living, breathing commissioner really in the entire history of the Big 12. You've had basically a commissioner that takes order, you know, marching orders from the University of Texas and just, you know, lets has let them run the conference, which is why the conference was in the state it was, um, you know, before Brett Yormark got here. And so, um, but I think you've really set yourself up to be in a, in a stable situation and certainly you would be in an appealing position, you know, once the ACC gets raided and you start to see maybe ACC teams looking for parachutes out to a more stable situation. So, um, but that's all going to be bear watching. Uh, will there be a Pac-12? Um, you, you know, if Colorado and Arizona leave, yeah, I think there will be a Pac-12, but it's going to be more of a de facto Mountain West type conference. And who knows what channel they're going to be on? I mean, they I think. It really seems like there's no television deal in place at all. Um, And so what are you going to do? Are you just going to have to be exclusively streaming? I don't know. That's what's going to be interesting to watch and see what happens. But, yeah, I mean, you know, if you're if you're a Oregon State, Washington State, you know, you're in trouble. and I say those two especially because there's still, I mean, there's still certainly some scenarios where, you know, even a Stanford and a Cal could go um, to the Big Ten. I mean, I don't, I don't think they bring any value beyond maybe getting a, um, you know, Notre Dame to finally join the Big Ten. But um, those other two teams, I, mean, I think they're just in, in, a, in a bad position right now, unfortunately, for them. And and so I think you end up with now. Will you see like a merger, Pac-12 Mountain West? I don't know. Or you know, will you see the Mountain or the Pac-12 try to raid um, the Mountain West and the AAC? Maybe. But again, if you're San Diego State, if you're SMU, is there going to be a lot more television money on the table to move to the Pac-12 from your current situations? That's something uh, you know I would. I would ask um, because I'm not sure if that's necessarily the case. So anyway, that's kind of kind of the lay of the land this week. Um, I hope everybody had a great week. I'm hoping to do a special uh, Chris Carpenter show episode maybe on Friday because we are going to be reaching the end of Star Trek Picard this Thursday. Uh, it's going to be the third season finale, and I'm going to do kind of a spoiler. It will be spoiler-filled um, review of this Star Trek Picard season three and really my overall opinion of the Picard series. And I'll kind of give you kind of my state, my opinions on the state of Star Trek. Um, so look for possibly that episode to drop on Friday. 
Um, and then I'll do my regular episode next Sunday. I'm, I'm, I'm doing next Sundays. I'm doing Sundays just because uh, by doing Sundays, this, this allows me to kind of give you my overall overarching thoughts on the entire uh, series weekend for Texas Tech. So, um, but I hope everybody has a great week and I will see you next week for the Chris Carpenter show. Thank mm-hmm. you.